Hey, good morning, church. It's great to be with you this morning. We were, uh, we've been looking at some incredible things in the Word over the last couple of weeks. And one of the things that happened to me this week, I was speaking to a client and uh, they were very concerned. They, they were putting a, an elderly relation into aged care. The aged care had shut down. They couldn't get in to see them. They couldn't get in to talk to the aged care people. And we're not taking appointments uh, face to face. So they were feeling really uncertain as everything all around them was changing. And I was thinking about that today and how important it is that as we try and chart a course through time, this time when everything's changing, that we find some unchanging points that we can pin our life to. And we have an unchanging God. We have an unchanging Saviour, Jesus Christ. And we have an unchanging Word that we can rely on. And we've been looking at the promise of a new day over the last few weeks. And Pam brought a great message about Abraham and the promise of a new day of faith and promise. And last week, we spoke about Moses and the promise of deliverance, uh, as she, she graphically talked about the deliverance of the children of Israel through the Red Sea. And today I'm going to continue that series with some fathers of the faith. And I want to talk to you today about Joshua as he led the uh, the people, the children of Israel, into possess the new land. And, and the title of this message today is Moses is Dead, A New Day of Possession. And so we're going to look at um, the passage from Joshua uh, chapter 1. And it's going to be verses 1 to 9. And this passage has really been a traditional passage that's been used allegorically of the church going in to possess the promises that Jesus gives us. And I can remember, you know, we're talking about Joshua, who's coming 40 years after Moses, a generation after Moses. I can remember I first heard this message 40 years ago. And uh, it's been something that's been sown into the church from generation to generation. And I really believe that this is significant because I believe that this year, this, this year of a new day, is going to be all about us possessing promises, incredible promises uh, right through our life. Now, for some of you, it'll be some promises around uh, casting out fear and, and beginning to walk in faith and confidence. For others, it'll be um, overcoming sickness and walking in health and so all these sort of things. So today, as we begin to unfold this passage... I want you to have these things in your mind, these things that you might be looking to possess as part of your spiritual journey. So right from the beginning, we're going to look at this passage and it says, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them to the sons of Israel. You know, every new day begins with the passing of the old. We, we looked in that verse that we've been, we've been looking at on the calendar uh, for the last month, just about a couple more days left to go until we click over into a new one. But remember the verse, it says, remember not the former things, I'm about to do something new. Can you not perceive it? It's breaking forth, a river in the desert, away in the wilderness. And so in the same way, God is the God of the new. And just like this day, God says to Joshua, Moses is dead. Arise up, it's a new day. You're going to go and go into the new land. So we, we serve this God where all things have passed away, all things have become new, and uh, we're no longer looking to the former things. In fact, about us, the Bible says, any man who's in Christ is a new creation. All things have passed away, all things have become new. 
And so we pick up this story where, where God is encouraging Joshua to rise up and cross over to possess the land. The land represented the promises that the children of Israel came out of Egypt with, that God would lead them into a land flowing with milk and honey. And that's what this story is about. It's about crossing over into new day. And God begins to give Moses, uh, Joshua some, some specific promises. And we, we're going to look at these over the next couple of um, minutes and then I want to talk about four things about how we can possess our promises. So this is the first promise he gives him. Every place which the sole of your foot treads, I've given to you. In other words, he's saying to them, every place that you go in to possess, every place that you walk into, I have already given that to you. I've already made it available. And your possession is actually bringing into reality in your life what I've already declared in times past. So he goes on to say, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea towards the setting sun will be your territory. And you know, I was thinking about this during the week and how Abraham went out according to uh, the word that in search of a land, Hebrews says he went out looking for a city whose builder and maker was gone. The incredible thing was that city didn't exist at that time. It was something that had to be in his heart. And that's the same for us when we possess promises. We are looking to possess something that doesn't yet exist, but it already exists in the mind and heart and purposes of God. But he doesn't stop there. He continues. Second promise. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. Third promise. I will be with you. Listen to what he says. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Be strong and courageous for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to give them. Now, why does God say be strong and courageous? Well, the reality is, like all of us, Joshua was feeling a little bit weak and scared. And so God says be strong and courageous. But the incredible thing is, is that God already gave Joshua the game changer because he said to him, I am with you. See, when we know that God is with us, that changes everything. And that's what Paul says to the Roman church. He says, uh, if God is for you, who can be against you? So in, in us going in to possess the promises we have, we understand that the unchanging, ever-living, all-powerful God goes with us and has orchestrated already our possession and our freedom and all the things that we're looking to get. So he continues, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do all according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid or dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Three times there, Joshua says, uh, Joshua is encouraged to be strong and courageous. And I want to encourage you today as you look to possess some promises this year, Understand that God is with you and therefore be strong and courageous. Now I'm going to slip off screen for five seconds and grab my water because my mouth is sticking to the, uh, the roof of my mouth. So just like Sunday, I'm drinking water. Okay, we're good. 
Okay, so four things. Now this is easy. They all begin with the letter P. I've done that so it's uh, it all kind of works together. But these are four things in us going in to possess the promises that God gives us. And the first one is the P for promise. Everything starts, everything that we obtain, everything that we possess, all that we walk into, all that we become, all that we are today began with a promise. It began with God telling us something that he was going to do in our lives. If you will trust me, I will make you great. That's what he said to Abraham. I will make your name great. I will make you a great nation. He said to Moses, if you will trust me, I will um, take you into Pharaoh and I will get you. I will cause you. I will empower you to lead this people out into the land that I'm showing them. And the same thing he said to Joshua, if you will trust me, I give you this promise. I will be with you. I will not forsake you. I will go with you. I will empower you and you will lead this people in to possess all that God has promised them. Listen to what it says in 2 Peter 1.3. It says that by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, here it is, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and to escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Jesus himself said to us, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, or another translation says, and have it to the full. And so as, as we uh, look at approaching promises over this coming, these coming days, and I really encourage you to press in for the things that God maybe has spoken to you for many, many years. I know of a man that, that uh, I used to work with, and he prayed for his uncle. And he prayed for his uncle for 25 years. And not long before he passed away, that uncle came to know Jesus Christ. You know, some promises are given and they're accomplished quickly. Others we have to press into and obtain and walk into over a long period of time. So firstly, God has given us all promises that we can walk into. Promises about our health. Promises about looking after us. Promises about the fact that he's working in us and that he's given us gifts and callings and anointings that we can use to glorify. His name. The second thing is that with every promise, there comes a problem. Jesus himself said, I've come that you might have life. And in the same, very same verse, he said, but the thief comes to kill, to steal and to destroy. And what he wants to do is he wants to kill our faith so he can destroy our hope. And in the end, uh, sorry, kill our faith, steal our faith, kill our hope and destroy our destiny in God. And so just like Joshua and Israel who faced enemies who wanted to stop them from possessing the land, we have an enemy who's committed to stop us going in to possess the land that God is giving to us. His weapons are fear, insecurity, unworthiness. All of these things are designed to rob us of the inheritance that God gives to us. Your your problem might not be a wilderness or a river or an army or a foe, but nevertheless, your problem is real and it's powerful to you. And God says, I will be with you and I will lead you to possess these promises and no one, 
will be able to stand against you. No promise, uh, sorry, no foe, no problem would be able to stand against you. Remember, he's the God that makes a way in the wilderness and gives us a river in the desert. And that lead us, leads us on to the next point, that God gives us a promise. We encounter a problem, but God always creates a pathway for us through that problem. God says that he will never allow us to be tempted. He's speaking to the Corinthians in, in a manner greater than we're able to stand. But in the midst of the problem, he will always create a way of escape that we can endure through it. In other words, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Psalm 23 says, God is with us and he always takes us through to the other side. Listen to what. God said to Joshua again, no man will be able to stand you, stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Therefore, be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land that I swore their fathers to give to them. So in everything, in everything we're going to face over this coming year, as we begin to lay hold of promises and then begin to encounter problems, we can be sure that God will come and create pathways for us through these problems that we might be able to go past them and step onto the land and to possess that land that God is giving us. Whatever it is for you, some of us right now are needing promises and, uh, and are encountering problems right in this very situation we find ourselves in right now. I know that some of you out there will be, if you haven't lost your job, perhaps your job is looking tenuous. But remember, we have a God who said, I will never leave you or forsake you. You know, many years ago, I was unemployed. We went through a season of rural uh, recession in Armidale and I lost my job. And we had to really pray you know it was God we just bought a house we've got a mortgage we've got two little kids what are we going to do and I can say you know just glorifying God in all of that time I was unemployed it was about six months we never missed a house payment God was faithful to us and uh, and he'll be faithful to you too creating a pathway a way in the wilderness for you as you need it and then lastly it brings us to number four possession God will cause us to possess the things that he's promising us. And this is, we, we looked at this a, a couple of weeks ago, but I want, to, I want to bring it back into our memory. You might find that I repeat this concept often over the next uh, year or so as I'm, I'm ministering, because I really believe that it's a valid, um, almost like a formula for us to possess the things that God is giving to us. And it's simply this, that by mixing our faith with the promises that God gives us, it causes a prayer to rise up in us. God, I believe your promise and so I therefore make a claim. You know, when you go to the bank, you can believe that you've got money in the bank. You can believe that the bank will give you that money. But unless you go and fill out the little uh, withdrawal slip and give it to the teller, she's not going to give you the money. She's not going to go, oh, hang on, Steve's probably looking for some money. I'll pop a check in the mail and I send it out to his place and I'll save him coming in. It doesn't work that way. And in the same way for us, God says, I will give you the land that you put your feet onto. In other words, that you step out to possess. That, that by praying, by us praying to God, once we mix the promise with faith, that prayer is us putting our foot on it. It's us, it's us reaching out to possess it. 
And so God creates, as a result of our prayer, God brings a God response to us. Now, it might be something he tells us to do, something we're encouraged to walk into. And then our obedience to that God response enables us to walk in authority and begin to lay hold of the thing that God has promised us. But here's the fantastic thing. And, you know, we've been, uh, unfortunately, the last couple of weeks, we've not been able to see one another. We've been separated. We've been isolated. But one of the things that we, we need to remember, not only is God eternal and unchanging, not only is Jesus eternal and unchanging, not only is the word eternal and unchanging, but we, we have a church that doesn't change either. It hasn't changed. We might be separated, but the church is still the church. You know, we're, we're sitting today and we're looking at this message and, and hearing these words. And I want you to know that there's people all across the city who are looking, hearing and seeing and believing the same thing as you are right now. And, and understand that whatever we do, there's always the possibility of people coming after us. And here's the incredible thing. God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous for you shall give this people possession of the land. See, it wasn't just about Joshua going in and possessing a personal promise. It was about a whole group going in to possess. And I want to read you something from Psalm 102 verse 18. And it says, this will be written down for a future generation so that a people yet to be created might praise the Lord. You know, we're going to possess promises over the next few months that are going to be beyond our wildest dreams. But there's something that's even more overarching than that, is that there's people that we're going to contact and see born again as a result of those promises being possessed. And they are going to begin to believe God's promises and walk into their own promises and possess their own ground. It's not just us. We're going to lead people to possess the things that God has got for them. And I want to I want to close close out today with a prayer. But before I do that, I want to tell you a story. Many many years ago, several hundred years ago, there was a, a young man named Edward Kimball, and Edward Kimball had a uh, a Sunday school class. It was kind of a a Sunday school class for older teens. So these would have been young men uh, who were working at the time. And uh, he was really concerned for the, the, the salvation and the spiritual climate of the boys in his class. And one of them was a young man that worked in a shoe store. And he decided that he would go and visit this young man. His name was Dwight. And so he went into the, the shoe store as he was walking, working and said, can I, can I have a few moments to talk to you? And he, he began to talk to him and began to share uh, directly, personally with him the gospel. And he prayed for him. And he went out of the store and he, he kind of felt bad. He felt like he hadn't nailed it. He felt like he hadn't quite broken through with this young man. But that day, this young man named Dwight accepted Jesus Christ as his saviour. Now, you might know him. You might know of him. You might have heard of him because his last name was Moody. And we might know him as D.L. Moody. Or you might have heard of the Moody Institute. But Dwight Moody became one of the greatest evangelists in North American history. And he began to travel the world uh, preaching the gospel. And he went across to England and he went to the, to the church, the Baptist church of a man named Frank Meyer. 
sorry, Frederick Meyer. We, we, we might know him today from his writings, F.B. Meyer, but he got a, came alive with the concept of leading people to Christ. And so he, be, he began to turn his ministry around to become an evangelist. And so he, he started an evangelistic ministry. And one of the people that was, was powerfully impacted under his ministry was, ministry was a guy named Wilbur Chapman. Wilbur Chapman went on to become a great evangelist and uh, right across North America. And when he, uh, along the way, he picked up a, a young man who had been a professional baseball player and uh, he brought him into the ministry. He was born again and he eventually took over that ministry. That man's name was Billy Sunday, who was a really famous evangelist in North America. Billy Sunday came to, I think it was a place called Cincinnati or uh, I can't remember the place now. It may have been South Carolina, but he came into this place and he, and he, he preached a, a, an evangelistic series and the leaders in that place got so excited. These were guys that had come from another town and they, they had seen the meetings and they were so excited about it. They decided to go back home and to, to, to set up some evangelistic meetings of their own. And so they, they got a, an evangelist called Mordecai Ham to come and he ran these series of meetings. And one, one evening in that meeting, there was a young man, a 16-year-old boy who came and he walked down the front and gave his life to Christ for the first time. His name was Billy Graham. And he went on to become the greatest evangelist that we've ever heard of. And he has preached to more people probably than anybody else in the history of the world. And I wonder what, Edward Kimball thought 50, 60, 70 years before when he was nervously approaching that young man, Dwight Moody, to lead him to the Lord, where this was going to go, what was going to happen, what the kingdom would look like as a result of his obedience. And as I, as I close today, I, I, I want you to think about what you're doing over the next few months as you press in to, to possess your promises, because it will not just impact your life. It will impact all those people around you. And this is going to be a great season for seeing our friends and family come to know Jesus and then embark into a life of possessing promises according to God's word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of receiving your promises. We thank you, God, that you create pathways whenever problems are thrown up. You give us a promise that whenever the enemy comes in, that like a flood, you will raise up a standard against him. God, we thank you that you create pathways for us to walk through. And God, that we might, through faith and obedience, possess the promises that you call us to possess. And Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. God, we pray that as we find ourselves in this un uncertain and unreal environment, God, that there would be promises and things that we can possess even in these days. And we bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. See you next week.